Welcome back to my show. This next guest is super amazing. Her name is Michelle Cox, a.k.a. The Computer Lady, and she is going to be deep diving into the tech world and why children in foster care need to age out and become self-sufficient through learning STEM. So please, please, please welcome my amazing guest, Miss Michelle Cox. All right, so can you just tell me a little bit about your journey and what it is that you do? Okay, I'm Michelle the Computer Lady, and I got that moniker because I worked in corporate America for over 20 some odd years, but in tech for a particular company for over 10 years. And so every time I would walk into a building, someone would say, hey, it's Michelle the Computer Lady, get her, don't let her leave unless she fixes my computer. And so that's how I got the name, and that's it stuck. What we do here at Cellbotics is we train beginners on how to fix computers. Literally, they don't have to know anything. They don't have to know what kind of screwdriver this is, what this tool is. We teach them everything. And why this is important for me, especially for kids in the foster community is number one, we teach them how the soft skills, how to get a job if they want a job, but also how to create their own business. And that's important that way. The one thing I think about foster kids is the fact that they have to be self-reliant a lot of times, especially if they're aging out of the system. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to make sure is that they have the skills that they need to thrive in life. Sometimes they don't get that. And from our training program, because it's only eight days, it's eight, 10 hour days, it's intensive, it's Mm hands-on. But they get all of those things and if they decide to go into business, they can. But if they decide they want to work for somebody, they can do that as well. What Can you go a little bit into, I know we talk, but so what are the different types of computers? What kind of things do you fix? Okay, so this is what we teach here. Cell phones, tablets, mm. introductions to drones. Then we have an entrepreneur course. We teach you how to set up your business, your LLC, how to get an EIN. We teach mm. you, uh, we give you access to the vendors that you need to get supplies from. And then I teach workstations, desktops, laptops, server smart hands and printer maintenance. And I teach them eight ways to make money right out of class. We teach them how to market in their area and make money in their area. They don't have to go anywhere. So that's what we do. Eight days. Eight, 10 hour days. And then we also have a 60 hour video course that they take, but that's self-paced. They can take it when they're ready. The thing about it is we gear them toward the CompTIA A+. That's the international industry standard for computer support technicians. Mm -hmm. So no matter where they are in the world, if they've taken our our course has weight. Okay. So how long have you been in this industry? 25 plus years. I'm almost 60. I'll be 60 at the end of July. You don't even look like it. I feel it. You see me get up out of this chair, you're like, ooh, she she look like grandma. So how, like, how did you even get started? Like, how did you know that this is what you was meant to do? Here, this is a funny story. My father was a TV radio man. So I used to read encyclopedias and I used to take my radios and stuff apart and put them back together. But this was before the advent of computers. My good friend, and I'm calling her out, she might see this. Her name is Rhonda Weir. She's a lawyer. She had a computer. She's like, let's go to Radio Shack and get some parts and upgrade my computer. I was like, you can do that? And she said, yeah. And I caught the bug right then. 
So I looked for a school to teach me, but I never could find one until, and this is how good God is. I was going, I was driving trucks and I saw a billboard that says, would you like to learn how to fix computers? And I'm like, yes. So I, after I got off work, I went there, I took an aptitude test and that's where I learned. I went to computer school. I went to a school called computer learning centers for a year and a half. And I've been in it ever since. I, I was working for Home Depot. They actually paid for the education. I stopped my logistics career with Home Depot and started my computer career with Home Depot. Wow. And so I was really fortunate that way. And I was a computer room associate. I used to go on the floor, change all the peripherals. I would do troubleshooting, change switches out, troubleshoot the, the network, all these wonderful things because I, I have a degree in network technology. And then I started my own business because I moved to Vegas and uh, me and a, a gentleman, we met and we started a business called Microtex. And we were doing in-home service before there was a geek spot. And that's where this whole process and this whole training for me comes from. Now, Nicole Russell started Cellbotics 10 years ago. And we met, I came to take her cell phone class because the company I was working for they wanted someone to train technicians in cell phones. So I came down here and we created an awesome friendship because I was like, I'm taking her course. I think you should have her come and train everybody. And she did because she's amazing on cell phones and tablets. And that would be their instructor when they come for that for the eight day device masters. And so I said, when I send my retire, I want us to come and work together. She's like, no nah, girl, that's not gonna happen. I said, yes, it is. And so I called her a I'm ready and here I am. And so we worked together. She started the business. I bought the whole computer hardware repair curriculum with me. And that's how we, we created our collaborative partnership. So we, we are like, a, cause I have my own business and she has ours and we meet. And that's how, when, cause people are confused when I say business partners, she started Cellbotics. I've enhanced Cellbotics with my training. And so we're, in a partnership, a collaborative partnership. So for all the little girls out there who are like, what advice, I don't know, what advice do you have for little girls who may feel like they can't do it? I know you've come across something like that with well, little girls who may feel like they can't do it. Well, just to take you back a little bit, I used to be a bus driver and I used to be an instructor for bus operations for Greyhound and Trailways mm-hmm. for the, uh, the commuter transit line. So I had the little lady, she was four foot nine and the city buses, they're 40 feet long. Mm-hmm. They're 102 inches wide. Mm-hmm. And she says, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, yes, you can. And so I showed her number one, how to set her seat that was ergonomics. I showed her how to, to turn that it's safe for her mm-hmm. and the motions. And she's still driving today. When I went to, because this was, I used to teach for Dart in Dallas. And I went to Dallas to visit some friends of mine. And I always go over to the the bus depot and see everybody. And she's like, do you remember me? I said, I remember you. She's like, I'm still driving. And if it hadn't been for you, I would have quit. And so it's the same thing with electronics. Women actually have better manual dexterity than men. That fine hand eye coordination. That's why a lot of times, Back in the day, they got us where we were sewing and doing a fine. That's what it's required to do and, and use tools. 
So women have that naturally. The thing about it is we've never been told that mm -hmm. we can do it. We've never, no, no one said it was okay because it was like, oh, if you're a boy, you're going to be a firefighter. If you're a boy, you're going to be an electrician. If you're a boy, you're going to do this. And so no one's ever pushed us this way. And so what ends up happening is the fact that we don't have the confidence mm -hmm. because no one ever said, yes, you can, mm -hmm. but we can't. And so what I always, and, and women are rock stars when it comes to electronics and doing electronic repair because they have a deft touch. A lot of times I have classes with both women and, mm -hmm. and men tend to break more things because they're so heavy handed and we have to teach them. It's light, it's gentle. And women have that naturally. It's just girls read more than boys naturally because we're used to being getting in a quiet space with a book and we're okay with that. We don't have to rip and run through the house and drive mama crazy. <laughs> and that's just boy energy. I have a son, I have two daughters. So girls can do it. Not only can they do it successfully. Some of the, the top women I know are engineers, mm -hmm. industrial, mechanical, electrical, engineers. And I have a, a sister friend, she's an architect. And that's a male dominated field, but she does it and she's very successful. And that's what you need. Just like little girls are actually naturally gifted in math and sciences. The things that they tell us is, oh, we don't do that. But okay, we want, you can be a nurse. If you want to be a nurse, you have to know math and science. You got to know how to count the medication. You got to give out the pills. You got to know biology. Yeah. So what's the difference? The difference is which direction do we take them into? So yes, they can do this. I've taught, my youngest student was 12. My oldest student was 80. So it's not that they can't do it, it's the exposure. And that's why I would like to get kids exposed, especially when we talk about foster kids, because a lot of times they have resources, training monies that they're allotted. Mm -hmm. And training like this isn't going to cost them 20, 30, $40,000, it's not gonna even cost them $10,000. Because mm -hmm. when I went to computer school, it was $25,000. I was able to do this collaborative partnership with my friend, Nicole, who owns Cellbotics. And we offer this course for $3,800. And that's with books. And you leave, we give you some tools, but we also give you $300 with software to help you with your business. We help you start a business if you want to do that, but we also help with placement. So like as far as placing them into to jobs, I, I have plenty of employers that are looking for our graduates. I have people call me every day. Do you have anybody that you know, that just graduated that'd be interested in working for us? Mm -hmm. We got a, a, a location because we moved from Greenville, South Carolina here to the Atlanta metro area. We're in Norcross, Georgia. One of our Alliance partnerships is down the street. They're Milners and they do all the printing. They hire our graduates. I know people from staffing agencies all the way to people in Dell and HP and other OEMs that look for our graduates because number one, they have hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. They know their, they know what they know. Mm -hmm. They have the development in IT. So when they go to, oh no, Ms. Cox taught me that. I know how to diagnose. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And they're like, they're ready to go. And that's why when we talk about the underemployed, we're talking about 
foster kids. This is a great training program. And everything is hands-on. We don't sit you up in, a, in front of a computer and let you look at videos. You're actually breaking these apart. And we go and we teach you how to, we teach you parts identification, we teach you nomenclature. We teach you things that we learn in the industry. And then we have what we call every day that we do our class. My class, I have what we call the money count. Everything you touch has a monetary value when you repair it hmm. or when you do diagnostics. And so we have our money count every day. That way they can actually see for themselves how much money they would make doing this. This is amazing. This is like my first time. I don't know nothing about computers, <laughs> about fixing it. I know how to use it. I don't know how to repair it. So this is amazing. Is that like a bunch of laptops behind you? Yes, ma'am. Wow. And you we are, uh, Wow. We got a commercial account. We got 800, uh, 800 of them from the school district that mm -hmm. need to be repaired. These are the Chromebooks. These are the ones that the kids use for, for school. My daughter has one. <laughs> right. And so when they get broken, we, we're in the, we have a, an alliance with the school district through a, mm -hmm. an alliance of ours. And we're repairing 800. We've already repaired almost 300 of those. No, that's, yeah, 300. And we have 500 to finish. And we'll get them all finished before March 8th. Wow. So. This is great. Like, I, this is exciting. Just especially because I know, like, with my daughter, she's into computers, technology, and stuff like that. And I'm not. So this has been a great conversation on just understanding things that I don't necessarily know or not good at. And also, I just want to say for anybody who is a caregiver, or who does have children in a care that may want to um, expound on this knowledge. She is definitely, Miss Cox is a resource, so please utilize her. Did you have any last things that you wanted to say before we close out? Oh, absolutely. Number one, and I want to do this for you, you especially, it's not that you can't do it, you haven't been exposed to it. That's because true. if you came and took my class, you'd be fixing everything. That's number one. Number two, I write books for children, right? Yes, I remember okay. you said that too. I meant to, so, to talk about that too. Now I'm celebrating five years of beating breast cancer. Oh, congratulations. And so because I'm celebrating, I'm giving away one million ebooks. I got a brand new ebook called Mommy What's an Entrepreneur. And everybody can get it on my website, which is the Mommy Readers Collection. So it's T as in the, M as in mommy. R's and readers, C's and collections, using United S's and states.com. You get, go to the ebook link and put in your name and your email address. And they can get this wonderful picture book for children ages four through 10. And it's totally free. It doesn't matter where they are in the United States. And we're going to have it linked too. So that's awesome. But I, my joy is I love children to read. Mm -hmm. When we read, and this Les Brown said to, this to me and it stuck with me. If you read a book a month, you're reading more than the average American citizen, mm -hmm. a book a month. Because most people only read a book a year. Oh, I know. Exactly. So the more you read, I read all the time because I have to. Not yeah. I love it too, but I have to because I have to keep up with the new technology. Yeah. 
So that's one of the reasons. But the other thing I want to tell little boys and little girls is that the more you expose yourself to, they have camps for coding, they have STEM wars, they have little classes. Let them immerse themselves, ask questions, because there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Mm -hmm. Because the more you ask, the more you learn. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing I have for you is, how can I be of value to your community? What else can I do to help? So right now, the main thing that we are trying to do is bring awareness. So the biggest thing is bringing awareness because a lot of people don't, especially in Georgia, and I know we had a conversation, they don't know the need for leadership in team with teens who are aging out of the foster care system who don't have resources and that is the purpose in me creating uh this podcast is to be able to expose them to the different things that they can do we do have our duffel bag drive coming up so that will be in may we still working everything else out because this is me transitioning into nonprofit. this is my first time doing that I've been doing for-profit foster care works. Our first initiative is duffel bags to get kids to not be walking around with uh, trash bags. That's the goal. Okay, so you need yes, uh, wheels on them? Duffel bags. You want the wheel ones with the wheels on them? It don't matter what it is. Right now, we, we're we looking into the tote bags that they can bring so it can be small enough to where they can travel and we want to fill it up with different things for teenagers because a lot of times when um, people do donate to foster care they don't really think about what teens like to listen to music they like different stuff like that for teenagers so my they, goal, they want a little hit. so that's what the first initiative of our nonprofit is our duffel bag our stuff duffel bag initiative so okay. getting the word out there and getting people to come together to be able to be a community of leaders for these teens and let them know that they're not alone as they age out of the foster care system so and that's one of the reasons i want them to get this training because with this training they'll always be able to take care of themselves yes and that, i've been in i've been in it for 25 years very successful yeah. They won't let me retire. <laughs> they will not let me retire. They won't let me do it. <laughs> and I'm actually, one, a, a few of my graduates are actually here in the facility right now. They're in, in another office and they're fixing okay. laptops. Wow. I, I want to come up there. You should definitely let us come up there and do a tour. I usually have my teams and we out, don't have nowhere to go. <laughs> okay, t I tell you, what we'll do is we'll set up a day mm -hmm. that you guys can come up and visit the facility. Okay. And we, we just ask that it not be more than six at a time. I only get one child at a time. So you can't have more than one child. Well, I wasn't sure because you might have, you, you might have a group. Yeah. Like the teen knows another teen and they're all, they're friends, but they live in different homes. Yeah. We haven't got there yet. So okay. right now we doing one-on-one. -on -one. That's coming. We ain't got there yet. So we're still doing one-on-one -on -one right now. Okay. Well, absolutely. You call, give me a time. We'll get it set up. And that way they can come and see what we do mm -hmm. and see if they have the interest. Okay. I love it. I've been doing it for a long time. I'm sitting here basically 
just taking apart laptops, fixing them, <laughs> putting, see these little modules right here. This is a DC jack. See it? Yeah. It's broken. See the little connector on the inside? Yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's broken. So I replaced this with a good one. I've been doing that all day. I want to see, I, I want to come up there because this is very interesting to me. And definitely what you say, I just never been exposed. Exactly. <laughs> and I need to expose myself to the things, the way the world is going right now. So definitely. The more you, I, I'm a welder by trade. I know how to operate a truck and a bus. I know how to fix computers, servers, switches, storage arrays, printers. I do some of everything because my daddy, my dad was in the Navy 27 years and I'm the last of six. And when we moved from Boston to Mississippi, mm -hmm. my mother went to my father here, this one's yours. I'm done. I raised five where you were out to see this one, you totally hands on <laughs> with you. And so with everything that daddy did, I did. Wow. And he never told me I couldn't do anything. And I think that's the difference for me Mm -hmm. He never said I couldn't do it. He showed me how to rewire heaters, how to clean the stove with Brillo pad and hot soap. Just a lot of the little tricks and trade. I can paint, I can put down carpet, <laughs> I can use a floor machine. But my father was instrumental in me getting a jump start. He would be fixing the TV. Him and I would be back there fixing the TV. He's like, I need this and this. I would put the tubes in my backpack get on my bicycle, ride to town, get the tubes and come back. Wow. And we would fix the TV together. So God rest his soul. I love you, daddy. But that's how I got my start. My, my daddy never told me I couldn't do anything. That's amazing. So he never said I couldn't. And let's see if I can bring daddy up right quick. That's my oh. daddy. That's my oh. daddy. Oh. So that's I was keeping my daddy with me. And uh, so he never talked, never said I couldn't do anything. I, he was like, when the teacher, when the principal told my mother, she's really smart and she's exceeding expectations and this and the other. And, and my mother comes home, she's like, Lucille, we always know that child was smart. She's, she's just smart. <laughs> so I've never had parents that told me I couldn't do something. And that's the difference. And as long as parents and even who, caregivers, yes, you can do it. We just have to get you exposure. And I've worked with children that have had ADHD and ADD. I've worked with adults that have ADHD and ADD. It's about breaking the process down so they can digest it easily. Mm -hmm. And that's why we do hands-on. It's a hands-on immersive training. This is not theory. This is all hands-on. Yeah. This is great. So what is, what's coming up next for you? What, what are you going to be doing this year? God willing, I will be out on book tour. I have literally written seven books. I'm working on eight and nine as we speak. Mm -hmm. I do this in the, I do this when I want to, basically. Mm -hmm. This is just a contract, but I don't work a job. I work for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I write books. And so I've got several new books coming out. So I hope Rona's gone and I'm going to be traveling my RV with my little books on the side and doing books and signing all the great, signing books for kids. And I do Are all children's books. Yes. I do charity work as well. And so 
I'm hoping that my books fund my philanthropy work because since I was eight years old, I remember my teacher saying, because she would make me an ambassador. Because mm. when I was younger, I didn't really like to talk because I had a really deep voice and everybody would tease me. And she says, when the new kids would come to school, she would make me the, the ambassador. And I said, I don't really want to be anything with the word ASS in it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that. And she says, she said, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a philanthropist. And she looked at me, she's like, you? I said, yes, I, I want to make a lot of money and I want to help a lot of people. Mm. And so that's my goal. I want to make a lot of money and help a lot of people. And part of that helping people is I, I want to build homes for the homeless. That's my ulterior motive, build homes for families that you know are struggling mm -hmm. because I know how to build homes that aren't expensive, but that last a long time. And so that's my goal of eradicating poverty and homelessness. That's my end game. When people ask me, you make all this money, I was like, it can't go with me. I'm going to serve God with it and I'm going to do some really special things. Wow. Sounds great. So how can listeners stay connected with you? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> and if you want to see something funny, type in Michelle, the computer lady boxing on YouTube. Wow. You can see me boxing back in 1994. I'm boxing a big woman from, she was a correctional officer from Dannemora, New York. <laughs> you got to look at it. It's funny, but I give her the business, literally. I'm looking it up. Hold on. And follow me. I plan to do some reading. That's it. That's me in the red trucks. I'm going to have to look at it. <laughs> And so I, I plan on doing some story times for kids. I'm going to be doing some, some more collaborative partnerships. And we're just going to help. Okay. That's what we're here to help. That is so great. I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here and to just serve this community. And that is the end of this interview. So thanks to everyone for watching. Now I'll see you all in the next video. Bye.